Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today. We are here at New Hope Radio. Glad to be with you. And uh, we got some good things we're going to be talking about today. We're in a series entitled Everyday Sermons. And it's about God speaking to us in everyday life. Can you hear him? Do you hear him? Do you want to hear him? We began noting, first of all, that God speaks to us all day long, right? When we rise up in the morning and get dressed, God is speaking to us and reminding us, how will you be dressed for the Bema Sea Judgment? He speaks to us when we go down to the breakfast table. Are you aware of how God provides for you the way you provide for your family? And then at noontime, the sun is sky high, right? And how Jesus, he rules the day like the sun rules the day. And then at evening time, life is drawing to a close. And then we lie down to sleep. And the work can no longer be done. Next time we're together, we're going to see that God speaks to us through the seasons. Did you know that? That spring, summer, autumn, and winter, they all have a sermon for us. And we're going to see that next time. But today, we had a good one. I like this one. There's another pulpit God uses, but uh, far too many times we miss the sermon completely. You know that? And maybe we become... Dull of hearing. That can happen. Perhaps some have become interested or uninterested or disinterested. Interested in earthly things instead of interested in divine things. You have to check your heart once in a while. Do you have a heart for God? Do you even care that God speaks to you at all? I'll tell you what, in grace, God has given us many gifts. And one of those gifts is the wildlife that he surrounded us with. And much of that wildlife has become domesticated by man, but much of it is not domesticated. And whether they become our pets or not, they all have something to say. So today we're going to see that God speaks to us through the animals. I'm not talking about Mr. Ed, (laughs) Wilbur, no, but God speaks to us through the world that he's created, and the animals are part of that world. So let's take a look at how they talk. What are the sermons that the animals bring to us? Number one, sometimes animals know more than humans. You know that? Just ask Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet. He said in chapter 1, verse 3, an ox knows its owner, and a donkey its master's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. And what God is saying is that there are animals that know where they belong. They know who they belong to, but Israel didn't. Israel missed the boat. God's people sometimes fail to recognize him in their daily routine of living. 
And to add insult to injury, you know, the ox and the donkey, they're not considered the most intelligent of animals. They're very stubborn, difficult to train, but they know more than humans sometimes when it comes to knowing who their master is, who provides for them. They seem to get it more than people do. Now, dogs, I'll tell you what, dogs are incredible creatures. You know, dogs can sniff out people, drugs. They can even sniff out diseases now. Dogs have been taught to sniff out diseases that people might have. I remember reading a story one time. I think it was a woman in England. And her dog was very, very depressed for the longest time. And she couldn't figure out why. And then she discovered later she was diagnosed with cancer. And she got treated and healed of the cancer. And the dog bounced back. And from that, they started training dogs to sniff out diseases. It's incredible, isn't it? Dogs are phenomenal. They are faithful. They are forgiving. They have a lesson for us. They really do. And secondly, then, they know who to follow. Dogs have a sermon. They know who to follow. If you have a dog, you know that he will only listen to you before he listens to anyone else. Right? Dogs don't listen to strangers, but they'll listen to their owner. And one day Jesus was speaking about sheep. And uh, you probably don't have any sheep, but you may have a dog. So we're going to make a comparison between the two, okay? And in John chapter 10, verse 4, Jesus said, When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. That's the shepherd, right? A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. And let me tell you, that's true. I had an uncle that had a farm in Attleboro, my uncle Leon. And my uncle Leon, he every once in a while, he'd say, Now, David, when he said that, I knew I was going to get a lesson on farming. <laughs> God rest his soul. Hope he's in heaven. And he had about a dozen sheep. <clears throat> and he would say, he would go into the corral, the sheep. It was a big field with a fence around it. Big, big field. And he called the sheep. And they'd all come running to him. And then I'd go into the fence. And they'd all run away. They didn't want anything to do with me. But when he entered, they came running to him. Why? Because they knew who they belonged to. See, there are many voices in the world. And they all want your attention. Buy me. Visit me. Marry me. Follow me. And those that truly belong to Christ, they know his voice and they follow him. Let me ask you, whose voice have you been following? As many voices in the world. Whose voice have you been following? Where is it leading you? That's what I want to ask you. Well, look at where you are right now. And that'll give you a pretty good idea, the voice that you've been following. Do you like where you are? If you do, I'd say keep following. If you don't, you're not following the right voice. You're probably not following the voice of your shepherd, the voice of the Lord. 
So thank the voice that you've been following if you find yourself in a good place. The third thing about the sermons of animals, they teach us to renew our minds. You know, we need to do that. It's like everything needs to be renewed, right? The ocean needs to be renewed. That's why the gravitational pull of the moon creates high tides and low tides. Through those tides, the oceans are shifting and the water is being freshened and renewed. When you do your laundry, your clothing is being renewed, right? It's being cleansed and refreshed. Well, so does the mind need to be renewed. And you know where we learn that? From the eagles themselves. Let's go back to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Now, why does this happen? Because it's been a common and popular opinion that the eagle lives and retains his vigor to a great age, beyond the common lot of other birds. You know why? He molts in his old age. He renews his feathers, and with them, his youth. He gets a new covering of feathers, and it renews his vitality, his vigor. And what did the Apostle Paul say in Romans 12? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your feathers. Well, no, the renewing of your mind. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That's how you come to the place that you see God's will that that way, because you've been renewing your mind. You renew your mind through the Word of God. So, when Paul said, listen, don't be conformed to the world, the word conformed, it means fashioned, fashioned outwardly, but be transformed, it means changed inwardly. And doesn't it seem today like the church is becoming conformed to the world? Seems like that. It seems like there are people that want the world, but they'll use God to justify it. And I'm not going to get into that much. I'll let you figure it out for yourself. But there's a lot of worldly-looking churches and Christians, and they're conformed to the fashion of the world. I hope they're being transformed inwardly in their mind. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about the sermons that animals bring us. Fourthly, some animals have to be controlled. You know that? Horses. Wow, horses are like majestic, aren't they? Horses are big, beautiful beasts. But they have to be controlled. James said, in James 3, verse 2, For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. And then he gave an example. He said, Now if we put the bits into the horses' mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Think about that big, majestic beast. 
The bit and the bridle rules the whole horse. And what James is saying is, the tongue rules the whole person. Think about it. It's just a little tiny bit in the horse's mouth, and you can control them. And if you can control your tongue, you'll be somebody under control. And what happens is, people get out of control when the tongue is out of control. It says dumb things, stupid things. I know, because I've done my share. Oh, yeah. I've said things I wish I could get back. Can't get them back. You know what the words are? Words are like feathers on a doorstep. Once you lay a bunch of feathers on a doorstep, you can't get them back. You know why? The wind has blown them away. It's like banging nails in a board. Every nail is a hurtful word. And you can go back and pull out all the nails, but you're going to have the holes that the nails left. Those are the scars that many times don't go away. Words can leave wounds, and sometimes those wounds never go away. So every time you look at a horse, remind yourself, I need to be controlled too. My tongue needs to be controlled. So I don't leave wounds. I don't leave people, a trail of wounded people. And we probably all said things we wish we could get back. I know I have, like I said. In Exodus chapter 20, God gives us a bridle that will help control us. You know what that bridle is? I'm going to give it to you right now. Here's what he said. You shall have no other gods before me. That's a warning against taking the satanic path. Here's another one. You shall not make for yourselves an idol. That's a warning against putting other things before God, blending in with the world. Here's another one. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's a warning against passivity. Here's another bridle. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That's a warning. Make sure you get rest and reflection. Number five, honor your father and mother. That's a warning about family, honor, and unity. Here's another bridle. Number six, you shall not murder. A warning about the value of life. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. A warning about sins against the soul. Proverbs 6 tells us the one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense. He who would destroy himself does it. Whoa, that's that. That settles that issue. Here's another bridle. You shall not steal. And you know when you steal, you know what you do? You sell yourself out. That's what you do. You minimize yourself and you sell yourself out. Here's another bridle. You shall not bear false witness against your your neighbor. It's a warning against destroying someone else's character. That goes on today, doesn't it? Proverbs 11.9 says, With his mouth, the godless man destroys his neighbor. Wow. He's without God. So he uses his tongue for the purpose of destruction. See, the Ten Commandments are the bridle that control the man and the woman. That's our bridle. 
And through those Ten Commandments, we can be brought under divine control and have a life without regret. How about this one? You shall not covet. I warn you against destroying society. Because you know, a a destructive society wants what other people want, and that leads to other sins. The want becomes a lust. The lust becomes stealing. Stealing becomes, you know what it becomes? Immoral. People are now divided against each other. Oh, everything's all messed up. So we bridle ourselves. We look at the horse. Majestic beast, but it needs to be controlled. We look at the human, the crown of God's creation, but we need to be controlled. Oh, we need to be disciplined. That's what we need. We all need to, even Paul said, I discipline my body. He knows what it is to live the Christian life and to bring yourself under discipline so your life is not wasted. So your testimony is not ruined. So, Let me give you the bridle in summary, okay? What's a simple summary of the Ten Commandments? Because Jesus, he boiled it down to two. And he said in Matthew 22, verse 37, here it is. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. There it is. There's a simple bridle. There's the sermon of the horse. Love God with everything you've got. And love people the way you love yourself. You'll stay out of trouble. You'll be under control, and you'll have a good life. It's the way it works, folks. But perhaps the greatest thing that animals do, they teach us about God and how to respond to Him. I'm going to go back to my uncle's farm, Uncle Leon's farm. I think he was talking about his horse. He had a horse, beautiful horse, sundown. It's the name of the horse, because he was kind of like reddish-brown. And when the horse laid down, he said, you see the horse? Watch. They they kneel down before they lay down. And he was telling, and I don't even know, my uncle didn't understand what it meant to be born again, but he had a sense of who God was. And he says, see that, David? That's why he always called me David when he's going to teach me something. David, you see that? The horse kneels down before he lays down. He's bowing down to God, thanking God for the day. And, you know, does a horse know what he's doing? It doesn't matter. What matters is God created that horse to do that. Because why? There's a sermon in the horse. So I hope that when you come into contact with any of these creatures that we talked about today, You'll open your hearts, and you'll hear this sermon. I'll tell you what, God has done everything to try to reach us. Everything. Like we said last time, He speaks to us through every aspect of every day. 
Next time we're together, he's going to speak to us through the four seasons. Today, he's speaking to us through the animal world. Why? Because they're all around us. And we can be reminded, just like when Jesus told parables. He said, behold, the sower. And every time somebody saw, saw a farmer sowing seed, they could remember the parable of the seed. Behold, the woman baking bread. And she put leaven in the dough. And every time somebody baked bread, they'd be reminded of how the kingdom of God grows. And behold the mustard seed. How it's the smallest of all the seeds, but it grows into a big bush and all the birds of the air come and nest in it. And people would go downtown to the market and they'd buy mustard seeds, little tiny seeds. And they'd plant them and they'd see the trees growing. See, God speaks to us through the world that we live in. That's why nature is so beautiful and so relaxing. It seems like the devil is trying to remove nature with concrete and asphalt and buildings and keeping the kids out of nature, keeping them in the basement with video games. And what are they doing? They're missing out on the things that God is saying through his creation. So let's remember the ox. He knows its owner. He knows who he belongs to. He's a beast of burden. But he looks to his owner for his food. That teaches us, you know, we look to God for our provision. The dog, he knows its master. He'll not follow another. Your dog won't follow a stranger unless that stranger bribes him with a stake. But he knows who he loves, and he knows who loves him and who provides for him. And we need to, look, every time you look at a dog, you say, hey, wait a minute. If that dog knows his master, do I know mine? Do I know my master, God in heaven, the way that dog knows his master? I hope so. The eagle reminds us to renew our minds. He renews his feathers and maintains his vigor and vitality. And we need to renew our minds through the Word of God so we can demonstrate God's perfect will, God's complete will. The powerful horse, beautiful, majestic, but he's got to be bridled. He's got to be bridled. You put a, uh, a bit in his mouth. And that'll control him because that's a very sensitive area of the horse. And the greatest, largest horse can be controlled with a bit. And we need to be controlled. Our mouth needs to be controlled. And God has given us the Ten Commandments reduced down to two. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Boom, that's it. You're there. You do that, you've got a good, disciplined life going for you. And perhaps there are other animals, too, that you might come in contact with that we haven't talked about. Do you think? You think I'm going to give you a homework assignment? Be observant. Are there other animals that could teach you things? I know squirrels gather their 
nuts in the fall, so have them for the <laughs> for the winter, right? They save up for that rainy day, save up for the drought, so to speak. So the animal world, it's a gift from God. Imagine a world without animals. How boring. That's why I believe in the new heaven and the new earth. I believe there'll be animals. I do. Because they're a gift of God. Don't forget, we're not going to live in heaven. We're going to live on the new earth. We'll have access to heaven. But we're going to live on planet earth. God's going to make a brand new earth, a brand new atmosphere. And we're going to be living here in the city, the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. It'll be on the earth. It's a large city, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles deep, 1,500 miles high. We'll all have a place in it. It stretches from like New York to Texas, if you want to get a sense of how big that city is. And it'll be on the earth, and the earth will be beautiful. And I think God will decorate the earth, not only with flora, but with fauna. There'll be an animal creation here for our enjoyment. And who knows, maybe they'll keep speaking to us and reminding us of the sermons of God. Okay, we got two more coming up. Next time we're going to talk about how God speaks to us through the seasons. And (laughs) we're going to see how God speaks to us through insects. Get ready for that one. What? God can speak to us through insects? He certainly can. How do you know? Because I'm going to tell you. So that's a couple of days from now. All right? So I want to thank you for coming along today and be observant to the world around you. Hey, I want to remind you about the Hope Club podcast. The Hope Club podcast can be heard anywhere. Podcasts are held. And I got a message from the uh, site that handles my podcast. We have reached 10,000 downloads of the New Hope podcast. That's incredible. So a big thank you to all of those podcasters that love the Word of God. And if you're not listening, get on board. Get on board. 10,000 downloads that means people want to hear these things and they're going to abide in them apply them to their lives get on board the hope club podcast you can hear it at our website newhopecc.tv stitcher spotify itunes you just type it in online boom it'll bring you there but the easiest place is our website newhopecc.tv the hope club podcast check it out great for drive time listening Thanks for coming along today. I'll see you next time when God speaks through the seasons.